0: Welcome to Yin Untangled. I'm Kat Mead. Welcome everyone to this latest episode of Yin Untangled. I am your host, Kat Mead, owner of the Yin Method. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk just a little bit about qi. Uh, So what is qi? Why does it matter in yin yoga? Uh, And... Yeah, We'll just see what other tangents we go on from there, I guess, like usual. (laughs) Um, Before we get into that, though, I just wanted to offer out a really big thank you to everyone who signed up to join me in my seven days of yin, Mm, I don't want to call it a challenge, let's call it a journey, uh, that we went through last week. I kind of just decided the week before that that I was going to do it, so there was not much of a lead-up into it. Um, I just kind of did it, and I was like, this is what I'm doing, join me. And I was really surprised. I had 80 people join me for that challenge. So thank you to everyone who did it and everyone who stayed to the end. I know that sometimes discipline can be tricky with things like that, especially when they're free. I find when something's free, we sometimes can be less likely to continue on with them. So good job, everyone who started with me, everyone who finished with me, and let's do it again sometime. I think next time I do it, I'll do maybe a shorter one, maybe three days or five days together. And I definitely learned a lot from this first time going through that. But the fact that I had so many people join up, it really was, um, it really pointed out to me that there's a lot of people who find value in what I offer. So, thank you. Sometimes it can be tricky being, you know, just feeling like I'm this person giving out all of this stuff behind a screen and not really knowing if people are really getting anything from it or if there's any point to it. I mean, obviously there's a point to it, but yeah, it's just, it's nice to see that people are getting value from what I offer. So, I already said that. Um another thing I've been thinking about is diversifying, well, either diversifying what I'm talking about on this podcast or creating a second podcast. So I've just really, am starting to, well, it's something I've been diving into for a while, I guess, Uh, more intuitive energy stuff, you know, all of the spiritual kind of stuff is something I'm really interested in, uh, like mysticism and synchronicity and, you know, all of the things. Uh, And so I'm just kind of toying with the idea, do I add it to this podcast or do I create a second podcast? So if you have any feedback on that, if you would like to see this show remain really just about the traditional Chinese medicine, yin yoga kind of stuff, let me know. Or if you'd like to see it diversify, also let me know. I'd really love to hear from my listeners to know what you want to hear um, and what you would like to learn about. I will also send this out uh, to my mailing list with a little poll in it. So if you're on there, please do participate in that poll because, as I said, it's sometimes hard to know when i'm just kind of sitting here by myself what to offer and i know that i have the control and the power and i need to come back to my why as to what i offer here and who my people are and who i'm talking to but the fact of the matter is there's at least 200 listens to my podcast every week which to me is a lot and so there's obviously a lot of people that are listening and i want to keep offering you what you're interested in. So, okay, that's enough of that. Um, you'll get an email later in the week. If you're not on my mailing list yet, head to my website, theyinmethod.com links, and you will be able to uh, join up to my mailing list. And later this week, I will be sending, or it might even be today, let's be honest, a, um, a newsletter out with a little poll in it. Great, okay, if you miss the newsletter, if you don't get one and you want to have your say, just send me an email. It's theyinmethod at gmail.com. Okay, having said all of that and spewed all of those words out, what is chi? What does it have to do with yin yoga? Well, that is a great question. Thank you for asking. Chi itself is, I feel like it's a really intricate and detailed and nuanced discussion to have. And I feel like there's just so much we can talk about on this topic. And I feel like we will get there. But for this episode, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. So, qi is kind of the idea of what prana is in our yang styles of yoga. So, in yin, we talk about qi. In yang, we're more likely to talk about prana. So Chinese medicine, we talk about qi. In Indian philosophy, we talk about prana. And both of these things can be thought of as a vital energy or a life force, an animating force that is literally in everything. Now qi itself, the character, the word in Chinese, is literally translated as air or heaven's breath. So we can think of qi as being air. And if you've listened to my Lung and Large Intestine episode, I believe I said in that episode that air or oxygen is the highest form of qi. And we think of the lungs as our highest, the most important organ. So literally, qi can be translated as air. More figuratively, it is like I said, it's like this vital force, this animating force, energy, life force. Now, we can nourish our chi by what we eat, how we breathe, and with physical practices. And it would be really easy for me to say, you know, we can nourish our chi by doing yoga, by exercising, by eating good foods like salad or whatever it is. But I really think that the way that our chi is nourished is different for everyone. So, the foods that are nourishing to me and help me to cultivate good chi are going to be different to what helps you to cultivate good chi. So chi can become blocked or stagnant or deficient. We can be depleted or we can have too much chi in some organs or areas of our body even if we do all of the right things. So eating the right foods, do the breath work, the yoga, the exercise, the therapy, the whatever it is. Qi can still become blocked or deficient or depleted, or we can have too much of it. So how does that happen? If Qi is this life force, this animating force, this vital energy, and we're doing all the right things, all the things that we think are right things, then how does it still get blocked or stagnant? So there's a few different ways. We can see injuries in the body that perhaps block or create a blockage within our body so energy doesn't move around as well we might have a lack of movement which makes our fascia we get this kind of fuzz around our joints if we're not moving them enough which is really kind of thick and um what's the word fuzzy (laughs) I think fuzzy is the best word so um fuzzy is a word that Gil Headley uses and he's actually just this is a tangent I told you there'd be tangents he has released a program or a subscription on his website for $15 a month and he's got so much content on there all about fascia anatomy um all of the things but if you're interested Gil Headley is oh he has so much stuff (laughs) um to learn different things. The fuzz, yes. So we get fuzz in our joints and in our body when uh, we don't move enough. So if we're not moving a joint, so if we're injured or something and we stop moving, it becomes really stuck. And so energy or chi can't move through those areas quite as well. We might have had surgeries or injuries that have caused scars in our body. So I have a quite a big scar on my left knee from an ACL repair 10 years ago now, and I get a lot of sensation in that area, especially when I do things in yin yoga like a supported bridge pose. So supported bridge pose is targeting, usually, the superficial front line of fascia in our body where our spleen and our stomach energy lines run. And so Often I feel really acutely when the energy gets to this big scar, I can feel it trying to figure out its way around it. And so this is what happens. Scars create a uh, line or a disruption within our fascia, and so the energy lines around that scar or that fascia area also are going to be affected. And so when we have a scar, the chi needs to find a way around it. And so that might mean that you have a stagnation or a blockage around a scar. It's very possible. It's not saying that it always happens, but scars are a way that our chi or our energy uh, can become blocked or stagnant or misdirected even. So another way is incomplete emotions or stress responses. And chronic stress can actually deplete our qi. Most specifically, a type of qi called jing. So jing is a type of qi, and there's lots of different types of qi, but this is really the only specific one that I wanted to touch on um, in this episode. So jing is a concentrated form of qi or energy, that is held in our kidneys. We have two different types of Jing. So we have prenatal Jing, and we have postnatal Jing. Now, prenatal Jing is what we're born with. It's ancestral, it's what we get from our parents, and it's we have a set amount of it. So once we run out of prenatal Jing, that is it. We're done, we have no more, our life ends. Postnatal Jing, Jing is what we get from food what we get from breath it's the jing that can be um depleted but built back up so it's not fixed like prenatal jing is i can't remember but i think i spoke a little bit more about that uh in the kidney episode ages ago so those are some ways that qi can become blocked stagnant deficient and If you remember from the What Are Meridians episode, our meridians are connected with our organs and they are energy channels that run through specific areas of our body, just like Nadi's in Indian yoga philosophy, which is where the prana runs. So we have these meridians energy channels and our chi runs through these energy channels. And so if you think of these actually being like a river, like a real river somewhere in nature, think of it just, you know, running calmly down, there's a stream or something and all the water in these stream is running really beautifully, but then it gets to a certain point and for some reason, whether it's a stress response, a bad food day like I have, and I'm considering having a bad food day today, let's be honest, um, (laughs) You know, something like a big tree might have fallen down or some rocks have built up in this one area of the stream and suddenly this water gets stuck. It has nowhere to go. It can't continue straight ahead down through this stream or this energy channel. And so this energy, this water, this chi, starts to find other ways around. So just like kind of what I was saying with talking about scars, about our chi needing to find a way around, a different way around the scar. So this means that maybe the water gets pushed out to the side. Maybe it goes, trickles through very slowly. And so we can get this buildup of chi that gets stuck and stopped in this one spot along our energy channels. And it can get misdirected into different areas. So you might get this build-up of chi; it stops somewhere, or it goes off to the side and kind of ends up somewhere else in your body. And so you end up with not enough energy flowing through one area of your body, but too much flowing through another. And so we kind of see this as a connection almost with our yin and our yang. So yin and yang, also different types of energy, can be thought of as a harmony of opposites. You can have too much or not enough of either, and too much or not enough of either can be detrimental. So if you have too much energy or qi in one meridian or one organ and not enough in another organ or energy line, then you're going to see some possibly negative effects. And this is how dis-ease and illness is often formed in our body. Now, I was just reading Bernie Clark's thoughts on chi on his website, yinyoga.com, and I'll put a link to this um, article in the show notes so you can read it. But this one line really jumped out at me, and it says, I'm paraphrasing this first bit, so chi is, quote, energy on the verge of becoming matter, or matter on the verge of becoming energy, end quote. And that just made me think of yin-yang again. So yin is always transforming into yang and yang is always transforming, transforming into yin. And so when we think of this energy on the verge of becoming matter, we can think of yang on the verge of becoming yin because yin is more solid. Uh, yang is more bright, energetic. Um, it's less tangible almost. And then we think of matter on the verge of becoming energy, we think of yin on the verge of becoming yang. And so I think that that quote really beautifully uh, encapsulates the flow of energy, of chi through yin and yang, through the harmony of opposites, through our body. And we can see how then, you know, you might introduce food, so something that has matter, a density, And our body takes it and recreates it, reforms it into energy. And then energy is used to create that food in the first place. So you see this use and this incorporation of chi in all parts of our lives, of our earth, where energy is on the verge of becoming matter and matter is on the verge of becoming energy and they're always moving, they're always flowing with each other. And so I really wanted to include that um, quote in this episode as I try to explain what chi is. So what does all of this have to do with yin yoga? And how do we affect our chi within a yin yoga practice? Often when I'm teaching yin, I like to invite my students to notice the subtle sensations moving throughout their bodies. So You'll notice within a yin yoga pose that obviously there's going to be, most of the time, quite a lot of strong sensations. So whether that's a sensation of a stretch or a compression within the body, that can be quite obvious. And we might just simply put it down to being a stretch or a compression. Something really obvious and tangible happening in our body. But when we come out of a yin yoga pose and come into our rebound pose or our rest, that is usually where we'll start to notice more subtly or more finitely the flow of chi in our body. So when we're in a yin yoga pose, we are creating stress on our fascia, essentially. That's very basic. But when we create this stress on our fascia, we're kind of pulling it apart and if we remember that our energy lines run through the fascia, then we are affecting our energy lines as well. So as I've just said, when we're in a pose, it can be a really strong sensation. Not always, but it can be a really strong sensation. But when we come out, we have slightly changed our fascia. Which means very often we have also slightly changed our energy lines. And so we come into the rebound and we start to feel the difference in our chi flow. And this can feel like warmth or cool sensations in our body. It can feel like a tingle. It can feel like just blood rushing through different areas of our body. It can feel like something else entirely. It can feel like an emotion coming up to the surface. But usually, the rebound is where I personally find the change or the change that I can notice within myself uh, of our chi, my chi running, flowing differently or in a changed way. And so, yin yoga itself can actually help us to cultivate our chi, to keep it so that it's at a level to nourish us because. Yin yoga helps to calm our nervous system down and can help us to move through some of these emotions and stuff that get stuck in our body. And it can help us to lower our stress response as well. So as I've already mentioned, chronic stress can deplete our chi and deplete our energy. So when we come out of a stress response or a chronically stressed state, we have this chance for our chi to be nourished and cultivated and topped up almost. So, that's really where a yin yoga practice is great for helping us to nourish and cultivate and notice the chi within our bodies. That's really where I'm going to stop for this episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you have any questions or if you have anything to add, please do let me know. It's theyinmethod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at theyinmethod. Do head to my website and sign up to my mailing list. You'll be the first to know of anything we are doing coming up in the future. If you're on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you can leave me a review and subscribe to the podcast. That would be very helpful to me. And, as I said at the start, please do get in touch. I'd really love to hear from you with your thoughts on my thoughts of either diversifying this podcast or maybe I'll just create a second one. So let me know. Thank you so much for being here. I will catch you again next time. Bye.